0: Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We pray you find this resource edifying, faithful to Scripture, and Christ-exalting. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. Austin McCormick here. I'm at CBTS in Owensboro, Kentucky, taking the preaching class. Um, I'm without my co-host. He's not taking the class, so he's back home in Missouri, but I have The privilege today to interview the administrative staff at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. I have Rex, Bryce, Blake, and Roberto here with me. So can you men just take a moment, starting with Rex, and then Bryce, then Blake, and then Roberto, uh, to tell our audience a little bit about yourselves.
1: Well, my name is Rexford Semrod. I am the Dean of Students and Director of Administration uh, here at CBTS. Uh, last time you interviewed me, I was the administrator of CBTS, or I think we just brought on Bryce. Um, so my role has been changing a little bit as we've been adding staff. Um, I've been converted since 1994, been in Reformed Baptist churches since 1996, and I have a absolutely wonderful wife and eight kids. Bryce?
2: Yeah, my name is Bryce Bigham. I'm the Director of Media Communications here at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. I've been here since October of 2019. I was saved in uh, 2009, and uh, I've been married to my wife uh, seven years this month, Helena, and we have three children.
3: Blake, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Blake Castle. I am the Director of Admissions, Registrar, and a Special Assistant to Dr. Waldron. Um, I have been converted since 2002 uh, and been a member of Reformed Baptist Churches since 2008. Um, I am a graduate of the seminary with a maths degree, most of the way toward an MDiv, but not currently studying. I'm married to Nikki, and we have three beautiful children.
4: Great, and Roberto. Yes, I'm. Uh, my name is Roberto Soriano, and I am the director of IT. Uh, just recently uh, started uh, a little over two months ago uh, in this role, and uh, I am deeply grateful for the opportunity to serve along these men for uh, this seminary. Uh, I. I have been married for seven years uh, to my wife, Shanaris. We have three children, and just very humbled and grateful to to be able to serve.
0: Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, taking the time to record this episode, and we want to talk about Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We've previously done an episode with Just Rex, as he mentioned, whenever he introduced himself. And so, he mentioned his roles and responsibilities shifting and changing. Uh, A little bit so now what I want to do is just talk about what you guys do with your roles you mentioned your titles Uh, so what do those roles consist of at CBTS starting with Rex
1: well as Dean of students uh, my primary job is to minister to students answer students questions give them guidance and help Um, that's actually that's one of my favorite parts of adding these three uh, gentlemen, is that I actually will get time to spend more time dealing with the students, whereas before I was too busy running <laughs> everything. Um, and uh, as director of administration, I oversee um, uh, Bryce, Blake, and and Roberto, which is a very easy job, uh, <laughs> and uh, and just basically overseeing the base basic operations of the seminary. There's still a lot of stuff that I need to pass off to these guys um, that we'll get to down the road, but uh, that's basically where I'm at. (laughs) Bryce?
2: Uh, It's it's my pleasure to, uh, as the Director of Media Communications, to simply communicate to uh, students and partners uh, just the service that I think the school offers uh, to the church, uh, both in the U.S. and abroad. I think it's offering a great uh, service to the church in making um, theological education uh, affordable and accessible uh, to students who would not have the opportunity otherwise, uh, while also being grounded in the 689 Confession of Faith. So I really, the the pleasure of my job is just to get to tell people about that uh, through media and various other uh, modes of communication as well.
3: Blake? Yeah, I, I actually kind of have a split role in that I've worked both directly for Dr. Waldron and for the seminary itself. And so for Dr. Waldron, I, I manage his schedule. I help him with, um, he has a lot of reading and editing tasks that need to be done, and, and I take as much of that as I can do for him. Um, and one, one of the primary and first things I took off his plate when I started back in March of last year was uh, taking over some of the student interviews, which is an area of overlap with my director of admissions uh, role. And so uh, now I've actually taken over all of those interviews. Uh, I'm kind of the primary point of contact for applicants and um, do some counseling of them as well on on questions they may have of what route should i take in terms of degree sought what classes um, that kind of thing so there's there's some overlap with with rex in that as well um, and then as registrar i i manage and maintain student records and and uh, class information um, transcripts things like that yeah thank you and
4: roberto y- yeah so i'm more involved in the IT operations of the seminary uh, right now, mostly uh, training under Rex, which uh, handled pretty much all the IT. Um, and so he's been uh, training me and teaching me uh, how the seminary functions. Uh, as you know, most most of our, our students take courses online, so it's really important for them to have a online platform that's easy to use, and so we work really hard uh, to make it as easy as possible for them to study online and uh, have, it's, it's also really important to uh, manage the student data in a way that is uh, meaningful and secure. And so uh, that's primarily um, my role in, in the institution uh, alongside uh, Rex.
0: on behalf of my co-host who's absent and myself, we want to thank you guys for your hard work and um, your service to the seminary and the church that you serve in. Uh, But moving this conversation along, uh, now I get to ask you the opportunity to really plug the seminary. Why should someone consider Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary for theological education? And to piggyback off of this, how do you think CBTS differs from other theological institutions? We'll just open up the floor, and whoever wants to talk can, I guess, stick their hand up and answer the question.
3: Well, I'd say that we have several great distinctives, but I'll just pull out one. Uh, when, when I'm interviewing applicants, um, one of the things they say to me is that our uh, application and entrance process looks a little different than, than other seminaries, and the primary reason is that our, our main focus in evaluating applicants, is uh, is this person spiritually qualified to to study? I mean, is there anything we see that that would prevent them from studying under us? Um, and I know other seminaries may look at that somewhat, but um, it, it's very important to us. And not that a person who comes to us, uh, a man studying for the ministry, would have to be ready to pastor right away. Obviously, that's not always the case. Uh, but we need to make sure that there's nothing necessarily precluding them from that that we see. Um, and, and that's where our whole distance model and uh, keeping men within the context of their own local church comes into play because we're, we're really reliant upon their pastors. What do you see in this, this person? Do you mm. see the character, and do you see um, things that you're encouraged with that m- they need to continue pursuing this this dream and this desire to minister to God's people? Hmm.
2: Yeah, I would say there's really four things that set CBTS apart, not only for me as a worker here, but as someone who chose to study here three and a half years ago. Uh, and that's really uh, well, number one, that it's confessional. Um, they're anchored to the confession of faith, which prevents us from all kinds of theological novelty in a day where that just seems all too common mm-hmm. to drift into. Um, all the professors teach from this the bedrock of the 689 confession of faith. And you won't hear anything here that's contrary to that. Uh, The second is uh, affordable. Um, I think all too often we're causing students in this day and age to basically mortgage their life and their responsibilities, um, get themselves in all kinds of debt, which really hinders the ministry of the church because you have a lot of men who get racked up with debt at many seminaries and try to go to a church that can't pay a salary that could support forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in debt. Uh, so we're really hampering the ability of men to serve in these small churches with less salary that have such a great need. Uh, so I think the uh, affordability is a big thing. We don't want to force any students to have to cause their wives to work mm-hmm. uh, and kind of support the family uh, or to. Themselves in a mountain of debt to be qualified for ministry. The uh, third thing is accessibility, to and Blake touched on this, to give men the ability to stay in their church. And there's there's people that have discussed this and debated this as the internet has kind of come into maturity. Here is uh, is it better to have to be at a campus with peers, or or is it better to be? in your own context, in a local church context. I think while there is some benefit to being on a campus, I've been on a campus, uh, both in Bible college and seminary, and there's benefits to that. But I can say that the years that I spent in the context of my local church doing seminary, uh, you know, chopping wood and carrying water, if you will, uh, while I'm learning theology, while I'm learning um, historical theology, Uh, That has been more formative to me than my schooling, if not more. So I think that's a huge benefit to give men the ability. They don't have to go to some location and leave everything, and then they never come back to that church that they left that maybe supported them. Uh, This gives them the chance to sit under their pastor, to be mentored by their pastor, their own church that's known them, sees their family life, can assess their calling, and how they're applying these things they're learning. Um, and then fourthly, pastoral, uh, where we're we don't exist for academic academia's sake. Uh, we we don't want to build academia. Uh, certainly, there's value in academia and a body of knowledge that's shared by qualified men. Um, but what you're going to find here is pastors training up future pastors, mm. and uh, we really live out uh, what is has been our. Uh, motto all along: informed scholarship with pastoral heart. Uh, everything that you learn here is is really for the purpose of application in the church, in the pastoral ministry. So that's that's what I would say is the four things that stand out to me.
4: Uh, if I could uh, piggyback of uh, what Bryce just said, I think one direct result of of many of these factors. Is how international CBTs is. You have students, literally all all over the globe. Uh, I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying that. Um, and it, it's be one of the factors uh, is that uh, how affordable uh, CBTs uh, is for that. It, it makes theological education accessible to people uh, to people in countries of, you know. Uh, with less financial capability. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's, that's a great blessing for the church mm-hmm. and, and for Re- Reformed Baptist um, churches in particular.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd just uh, add something Dr. Askell actually just brought up in class today. that um, differentiates us from a lot of seminaries. And that is the emphasis on the law gospel distinction mm-hmm. and the importance of knowing how to apply the gospel and the law to lost people, to sinners, to converted people. Um, I mean, I've had multiple people, graduates from from uh, reputable seminaries say, I got my MDiv and never heard a thing about the law and gospel. Mm. Um, and And I know someone else who, in their in their doctoral work, in their PhD work at a reputable seminary, said as soon as the law and gospel came up, it was always confusion in the, in the class. Um, and you know, especially when we see the errors going on in the church today, especially regarding social justice, so many of them are based, or people fall for them because they don't. Have a solid doctrine of law and the gospel, and so when somebody comes and redefines uh, what what sin is, it, since they don't have a foundation, they fall for it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know that's that's another thing I'd add. Um, and and that you know we are confessional. You know most Reformed seminaries today will say they're confessional, and and I'm not saying they're not. I'd say we're we're robustly confessional. It's not just that the seminary has this body of doctrine that we say we believe. You find... I I was just thinking, are there any classes that we don't have the confession come up? And the only thing that came to my mind is... um, uh, uh, historical theology, one early church, because the confession hadn't been written yet. But even there, we're studying the origins of the f- church first coming to the conclusions that we still hold in our confession. Yeah. And so that, that's that's the only things that I would add about what what really differentiates us from other seminaries.
0: Well, you guys feel free to uh, give more plugs or uh, any encouragements for why someone should consider CBTS throughout the rest of the episode, but are there any further thoughts uh, about what distinguishes CBTS, you think, from other institutions? If not, we'll move on.
3: One last thing I would say um, is that you know, my context growing up, uh, a lot of my friends who went to seminary went to a, a large, big-name school in a large city um, that there, there are many great churches there. Um, so this kind of relates back to the being able to be in your your own church and the value of that Um, they there are so many great churches in that large city yet because that school is so big there's so many guys that um, are are pursuing the ministry and maybe gifted for the ministry but never get the avenues to be trained and mentored and and use those gifts so you get um, some guys. Now, this is not everybody that goes to a traditional seminary, but you do. It is possible to go to a traditional seminary and get a bunch of knowledge, and then be set loose on a church with no practical experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and thank God, some of those guys do a great job with that. Mm-hmm. But there also are guys that go in and blow up churches. And, and I think that one of the the values of our model is that we we can lessen, hopefully, the danger of that
1: somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another another thing comes to my mind now that I think about it is, you know, for for eight years I lived in in a city with one of the major Reformed theological seminaries, and uh, and so I I met and knew a lot of guys who went um, there, and they had a huge mixture in their faculty they had a couple they'd all have a couple professors that they just loved they're just solid as a day is long they learned so much from them but in particular they the, the two things i remember in particular they, the preaching professor had no idea that the preaching class was worthless they thought and they were they were all required to take a pastoral counseling course and they had a very liberal Pastoral Counseling Department, and they all dreaded having to take that course, but it, because it was required. And here, I, I, I think we have, the cre- as far as I'm concerned, they're the cream of the crop. As a as a confessional Reformed Baptist in the in the world today, we have the best men teaching for for us. We don't have any subject that we're like oh, there's nobody really solid what, what what can who can we find it's where the Lord's really blessed us and, and it's part of the same reason that we're able to remain affordable is one of the reasons is we don't have to if somebody teaches for us we don't have to bring them on and pay them a full-time salary and we don't so we don't have all this faculty that we're paying full-time we can pay them to come in and teach one class mm. well that also allows men who we don't have to make them come move here and et cetera. they can come teach from us and remain in the church where they're at and mm. and it also enables us we the the men who teach from us are almost all ministers of the gospel training ministers of the gospel they don't have to stop minis- being ministers of the gospel and become a full-time seminary faculty member mm. so
2: Yeah, and I I have another thing as well, I think a lot of people may think of uh, online seminary as they hand you a book and they give you something to read and watch a few things, and that's it. It seems very impersonal. Um, And while we do have uh, self-paced classes that uh, are completed by the student at their own pace, um, we also have live semester classes. Uh, Many of our students take advantage of that, uh, where uh, you're actually participating via Zoom with the professor uh, who's teaching the class. You have a chance to ask questions um, at the conclusion of the class, interact with the professor. Professors are very good in responding to the students, sending follow-up emails about questions that come up. Uh, we also have modules three times a year. We're at, we're at a module right now with, with 40 students, and we kind of have three times a year where you can have that classroom experience. We can, granted, it's in Owensboro, Kentucky. That's a drive for some, some folks. <laughs> but uh, there, there are ways that uh, we uh, have worked hard to give students the opportunity to have that classroom experience as well. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think here at CBTS, uh, we found a great balance between allowing students to have the advantage of distance education, but also to make the trek here once a year or so, or however much they're able to come have that classroom experience or a live semester experience where they're at least able to interact with the professor um, every week.
0: As a student, I say, amen to that, (laughs) amen. Um,
1: I just, I I actually had a student who's here the module today say, after, uh, I think he's been here two years and, he says you sit there and and you're you're watching these lectures and these professors and you end up feeling like you know them. And he's like Sam Waldron's my best friend. I agree with that feeling. <laughs> yeah, you maybe just be watching lectures, or he has taken some a lot of live classes too. But yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's distance education has had kind of a stigma, especially there are some people some seminaries whose distance education still is read this this and this and and. It's almost like the old correspondence course type stuff. We, we do everything we can to get away from anything of that nature.
0: And before we move on, I just want to say that uh, in my experience of coming to the classes, the professors have been so hands-on with you, and it is just tremendous to get to visit with them and how personal they are and caring about you and how you're plodding along in the context of your church. So... Uh, to commend the point that Bryce and Rex were making about uh, the in-person experience opportunities that the, the seminary gives is just tremendous. Um, I've worded this next question intentionally, uh, starting with, to the glory of God. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about the growth that the seminary has had?
1: Well, when I came on as administrator in October 2015, uh I'm pretty sure we had 47 active students last in October, 2019 we had 140 some students and right now we're pushing about 250. Wow. The last year and a half has just been uh, just amazing growth. The Lord has blessed us in so many ways that, uh, it's just been amazing to see. It seems like every time I turn around, the Lord's blessing us in some new way, um, providing financially. Thank God for providing these three guys. <laughs> if, if this had happened, and I didn't have these three guys, I, I would have had a stroke six months ago. There's no, <laughs> or, or, or everything would have fallen off the rails. Um, it's just been, the Lord's been providing financially, And uh, the interest in the seminary has uh, just been well, I think probably the biggest criteria is when we got the arts accreditation. That's Mm -hmm. when it really took off. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's all I can say is praise God. Thank you, Lord. And I take zero credit because there's nothing I can do to cause any of this. Mm-hmm.
3: One thing that I'll I'll add on what Rex just said, and I, I feel like I can say it because I'm not saying it about myself, but um, God works through means, right? And so one of the means that God gave to help make the seminary succeed in the midst of this growth is I think that... The, Rex and Dr. Waldron had wisdom to see at the right moments, okay, we need to bring someone else on. And so the, the opportunity came up to bring Bryce on and they weren't looking to bring on another staff member until fall 2020, probably. That's what they were originally thinking. And in God's providence, um, the, he brought me on in the spring and it just, I, I could go into a big story about all that, but, but they, they kind of saw at the right time, let's go ahead and bring Blake on. And then, then we were able to bring Roberto on. And so it God used, their, it gave them the foresight, I think, and, and the wisdom at the right moments to, to institutionally grow us so that we could meet that challenge. Mm-hmm. And then one quick side note, because Rex mentioned our arts accreditation, we're, we're so thankful for arts. We, we love that organization. They're a blessing to us, and we, we hope that institutionally we're a blessing to them. Um, and, and arts is continuing to, uh, further grow and improve. And, and one of the things we're really excited about with arts in the coming year or two is, um, we're seeking Chia accreditation, which Chia is the council of higher education, uh, council of higher education accreditation, you know, accreditors. Right. And so they're the international gold standard of accreditation and they're, they're on par as far as quality with the department of education. Um, they consult with the DOE all the time, but they don't have the same governmental ties. So we, we feel str- more strongly that, that religious freedom will be maintained mm. within that organization. Mm. And so, so we only look for the value of our accreditation to continue uh, being burnished.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, we can continue to talk about the growth of the seminary and uh, by way of conversation, what challenges has this presented for you guys
1: <laughs> well i I used to know every student <laughs> and, and and uh not and and uh, you know anything any everything was familiar and I, I had no trouble remembering everything and now there's no way i can I have to write everything down or it's gone because it's just too much um, the I mean, obviously the financial aspect. I mean, cause we are determined to remain as inexpensive as we can, mm-hmm. and so um, with more students, we want to offer, uh, continue to offer all the financial aid we can, um, and 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 now obviously having four full-time administrators instead of one is a, a more of a financial burden. I, I praise God that He's been providing us for, for us financially. Uh, but at the same time, we, the last thing I want to do is presume on the future. We, we continually cry out to God uh, for the provision we need and, and thankfully continues. But uh, it is a, uh, the budget is a little scarier now <laughs> than, than it used to be. Um, and uh, I, I mean, for me personally, a challenge is moving from just doing everything myself and all I really had to worry about is making sure that the top priority things are getting done in the order that they are and just doing everything to now delegating who should be doing what. It's it's not been an easy transition for me. My, my first instinct, anything that comes on my desk is just do it. and and i'm still i'm in the process of of figuring out who to delegate what to but i am i i'm what i'm confident i praise god for is that i've got the right people here and uh the problem is not them it's me so
0: (laughs) any other challenges we can speak to about the growth of the school
2: Yeah, I would say uh, one one challenge that comes to mind, and I think it's really um, not so much a challenge uh, to for for growth as much as a need that we see in the country at large. Um, we we as we as God's given us growth over the past couple of years, uh, it's really been um, amazing to see the need is in pulpits across the country and around and around the world Uh, we have a lot of people reaching out to us now asking about do you have any graduates or students that you recommend and um, having really experienced a lot of this growth in a recent period of time we frankly haven't had the number as of yet for the number of people coming to us so I would I just use this to say the need is great. There's a lot of people who recognize that there's a famine in the land Mm -hmm. and that uh, saying this in a way that needs to be said, I think a lot of Christian education has fallen out of touch with the needs of the people in the pew. Mm -hmm. Um, It impresses us that the need is so great Mm -hmm. and uh, for this, we need continual help and support um, from our church partners, from others, uh, to continue to help the church train faith men, faithful men, uh, to fill these pulpits that that are in need across the country.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I think one one other thing, just kind of a practical example of of a challenge that we've experienced. Whenever you have a lot of growth in any institution, it, there are going to be practical things like that, right? So. CBTS has existed uh, previously under another name since about 2005. And so for the first 14, 15 years of the seminary, a rhythm had really developed and things were done a certain way. And we were used to the calendar going a certain way. And so practically one one example of this is the, the language courses. Mm. We had a certain uh, schedule for the language courses. And so one year you'd have Greek one, and then the next fall you'd start Hebrew one. And and we really encouraged students to to take this class, then this class, and it was all set a certain way. Um, but with us growing Have We Have, that wasn't gonna be sustainable any longer. And so one of the first big challenges we had to face was, all right, what are we gonna do about Greek one? Right. So we had to figure out, we had to find um, a, a, an additional instructor, we had to make sure that that He was on the same page with our existing instructor, so that things meshed really well, um, and, and they've done an outstanding job with that. Um, and then we, we're going to have to keep working through that. Okay, well, as as what do we need to do as far as our calendar to make sure that we're serving our students well and that they're able to get through in a reasonable amount of time? Um, and, and there's there's a lot of things that have grown out of that. But that's that's just one of the big things that comes to my mind when I think about challenges of the past year,
1: and, and that that challenge is actually turned in, turning into a blessing for the students because, you know, up until last year, yeah, we were rotating every one year Greek, next year Hebrew, one year Greek, next year Hebrew, and so one of the things that did was, in, unless you want, in, unless you're going to take longer to finish your program. Guys would end up having to take Greek and Hebrew at the same time. Now I know if you're a full-time seminary student, that that's fairly common. But when you're when you're working a full-time job and you've got church duties and 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 a family to take care of, <laughs> taking Greek and Hebrew at the same time is a monumental task mm. that I don't recommend to anyone who doesn't have to do it. And so now we we brought on. Our first additional Greek professor for this academic year, um, we're bringing on an additional uh, elementary Hebrew professor beginning next academic year. And so the the Michael Amati, who's been teaching all of our biblical languages, who honestly, here here's another thing that differentiates us from all other seminaries. We have My, Michael Amati. Amen. <laughs> I, Amen. I, Okay, every, every student who takes any class, as soon as they get done, they fill out a course evaluation form that comes across my desk. And uh, <laughs> let me just say, ev- everyone, everyone says two things. Greek is really hard or Hebrew is really hard, but Michael Amati is an incredibly gifted professor. Yes. And um, so we're bringing on two new elementary language professors, but Michael Amati will continue... To teach the intermediate or advanced um, language courses, and uh, and like I said, it's got, it's actually a great benefit to the students that they're not have to keep rotating like this. Mm. Um, in fact, it was it really presented a big problem this last time because with the huge the quick growth, along with the fact that it had been two years since we had elementary Greek, we had like over 70 students who wanted to take elementary Greek. And uh, Michael Amati was our only professor and he had other things to teach as well, so. And right. he's a
3: missionary. Yes, <laughs> so yeah, he's it's got not.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a missionary in Ireland. He wasn't when he started teaching for us, he was actually here in Owensboro, but yeah, he's a missionary in Ireland and this is not his uh, full-time job, although I'd say it is his full-time love. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> And I, I'll add one more thing, too. Uh, recently, sp- space has become oh. um, an issue. So we, we have a commitment as a seminary not to own any brick and mortar uh, so that we can keep the cost and infrastructure low for students. So all of our uh, facilities are provided by our host church, uh, Grace Reform Baptist Church here in Owensboro. And uh, by God's grace, we've, of course, as we said, added um, employees to the seminary. We've also added lots of families to our churches. Uh, Through the last year or so, uh, through our church, through the last year. So, uh, we are in the process of seeking God's help for providing, as a church, um, potentially a a larger facility, either on this property or another property. Um, We also are in need of some office space as well. Uh, uh, Roberto sort of got his cube out in the hallway (laughs) (laughs) right now. (laughs) That's the last one to come. (laughs) So, uh, we. We are seeking God right now to help with that challenge uh, that He would provide for us and make it clear um, Mm. what we should do going forward and and provide the means by which we can uh, sustain this growth with more facilities.
0: Mm. Well, now having addressed some of the challenges that uh, has happened because of the growth of the school, how can we pray for, support, and encourage Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary? I didn't add this in the original questions I sent you guys, but feel free to uh, tell our listeners how we could pray for you guys as you, as you serve the institution as well.
4: If I could uh, briefly say, uh, as a student uh, that just uh, became an employee of the institution, I can, I can say that behind the scenes, uh, the administration of the seminary takes great care to make the right decisions uh, and to seek God's glory first, mm. uh, and but also always thinking about the student. Who, who it, it, and so th- this is just to encourage my fellow uh, students and classmates, uh, everything behind the scenes. It's, it's co- committed in prayer and thought about very carefully so that God is glorified. Mm. Amen.
2: One of the things we've uh, prayed, uh, at least uh, since middle of the year, maybe last year after uh, our pastor preached on Thessalonians, the text, uh, protect us from evil men. Mm-hmm. It's been related really to, uh, of course, the potential threat to institutions like ours over things such as uh, Expansion of civil rights legislation. Uh, I know that's on the minds of a lot of people, particularly in these days. Um, our our commitment is absolutely to stand fast. Um, we are we are we are not beholden to the government. We take no money from the government. Uh, we rely on no accreditation from the government, and we will not falter, uh, regardless of what they ask us to do. Uh, we recognize that in the days ahead that might present real, uh, challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we certainly appreciate prayer as a group of organizations are potentially really going to face a real threat over the next specific 100 days, mm-hmm. um, that we, God would give us the grace to stand fast and provide the means, uh, regardless of what happens that we can continue on to give blessing to the church.
1: Uh, to train godly men hmm. and, and i would ask for prayer that god would provide or direct us and provide facilities so we really we the god has blessed grace from Baptist church in owensboro tremendously over the last year or so as well they, we, we've had a steady addition of new members and, but I think we just have 17 people in a new members class 18 mm-hmm. 18. Um, and I think there are people coming since then who didn't even get in the new members class. We're, we're really uh, we're, we're hurting well we're, we're okay right now other, other than uh, I, honestly we've had to, we've had to put some people, in another building and live stream it to them to fit everyone and that's far from ideal oh, yeah. and um and like we said with the i mean if we continue to grow we're going to need another employee and there's no place to put them um <laughs> uh so uh, just pray for, that god would provide I i i trust that he will but he won't without prayer and so um, if, if someone was going to ask me how can we pray for the seminary, that would be a primary thing I would say.
3: Mm-hmm. Not to necessarily put a plug in, but uh, that's the purpose of this program. Is uh, one of the one of the great programs that's been a blessing to the seminary is the church partnership program, um, which allows churches to uh, partner with us in prayer and financially, um, and and we really mean that. That's not just a we we want your money, and then we'll just throw prayer in there. We really want your prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather have a church praying for us than sending us checks. That's uh, cause I, you I, know, if you I have the choice, it.
1: we'll take the prayers. Amen.
3: <laughs> uh, but but if the checks are good too, I mean we're, we won't we won't turn them away. But and, and we think it's a great program. We we get a lot of good feedback on it because it provides wonderful benefits for the for the church partner. You know, any students from that church who are studying for credit do not have to pay tuition. They simply have to pay our semester enrollment fee. Um, so it makes it a lot more affordable for the students. Um, any members of that church that want to uh, audit classes and just get access to the material, they don't need credit, they can do that for free. Uh, we have some churches that use that material even for Sunday school classes, and that's outstanding. Please do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's, there's great benefits to that program. Um, for for our host church or for our partner churches, but also there's great benefits to us as, as a, an institution, and and that's one way that we would love to have have people partner with us, um, so that you're continually praying for us, and that that um, the financial support is is a good help. It it, it helps us. We have wonderful partner churches that mm-hmm. that enable the ministry of this seminary. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and just to piggyback off that, what the Church Partnership Program is just an awesome opportunity for churches to own their theological students, mm. to come alongside of them, to provide tangibly for them. Uh, we have, at this module, we have a church that has six or seven students here. I think. Uh, so they've this church has really taken it upon themselves to raise up men and train them and oversee their ministry directly. So these men are being mentored by their pastors together in one program.
3: I think they have 10 or 11 students total. Like yeah. this isn't even all of their students. Right. They're
2: not all here. Yeah. Right. So I would, I would say to any pastor who has um, one or two students who they want to develop, they see them as faithful men, qualified to be trained, you should really consider the church partnership program. It, it allows the student to attend here without paying any tuition. Uh, just the, the uh, two, semester. Just semester enrollment fee, which we collect each semester. Uh, so um, that's a huge thing as well. Uh, as far as other uh, means of support, of course, 20% of our student body is overseas. Uh, wow. we, we, we are blessed with the opportunity to um, serve the international church and we have more and more students from overseas coming to us who who can't go to um don't have the same caliber education in their own countries Mm. and we have some frontline missionaries uh who are who are students at our at our seminary um Mm. who just wouldn't have who they can't we can't even get books to them
0: Mm.
2: um that's it would be way too costly to get quality books to them um so i there we've recently um Uh, brought about an initiative to specifically help those students, um, church planners and pastors abroad. Uh, It's called the William Carey Scholarship Fund, and it provides specifically uh, for tuition and uh, semester fees reduction for these students. And the thing that we like are most excited about is that it provides the Logos Bible software, and that is huge. I mean, we've got we've got a student in India who he's got now uh, 2700 book library
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and they would never it would take them years to amass this kind of uh, library physically mm-hmm. so it's huge for these students I mean this can have a multi-generational impact mm-hmm. uh, so we're really excited about that opportunity and would extend the invitation to any listeners you can support the William Carey scholarship fund uh, through our website um, we we just suggest Kind of a monthly subscription of 15, 25, or 50, depending on uh, how you are led to support that. And uh, that money will go directly to uh, lessening the burden of the uh, students who receive that scholarship award. Um, so, hmm.
0: well, before we hop off here and end this conversation, uh, are there any future classes that you guys want to plug that uh, our listeners can either consider auditing or uh, taking for credit?
1: Well, two, two live classes are about to start on Monday. Um, well, Monday and Tuesday. On Monday, um, Fred Malone's going to be teaching uh, Reformed Baptist Covenant Theology for mm-hmm. us. Um, we'll be live streaming that from Clinton, Louisiana. And uh, that's, yeah, Fred knows his covenant theology really well. He may not use the exact same terminology as some people because he's been teaching it longer than they were alive. Um, <laughs> but uh, it it is you'll not find any pre- covenant theology made as practical as Fred Malone does. He makes yeah. everything yeah. so applicable to the pastoral ministry and how it's, it's it again it's it's never it's not ivory tower covenant theology. It's it's this is how this should affect your people. And how that it can help your people, and then um, Dr. Waldron's teaching doctrine of man and ethics starting Tuesday night. Our next module uh, over Memorial Day is uh, Ryan Davidson teaching intro to pastoral counseling, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, uh, we're we're still nailing down getting professors for the next two, so I'm not going to tell you what they are in case okay. it changes. <laughs> But uh, I always, as far as auditing online, the origins of Reformed Baptist Covenant Theology is mm-hmm. still the favorite class <laughs> I've ever had here. And I wish I had time to just watch it over and over. Um, so audit it, if you, if you haven't audited it, you'll love it. You'll thank me.
3: And if, <laughs> as far as that counseling class, if the name Ryan Davidson is ringing a bell, but you're not entirely sure how you know the name, uh, maybe you'll recognize his book, Greener Pastures. Mm-hmm. So that's that's who's coming to teach for us, and we're excited about that.
0: Brothers, before we log off, are there any f- final thoughts? Okay, well, if there are no final thoughts, uh, I just want to thank you guys for taking this time to have this conversation. We hope that if you are pursuing theological education, you would consider Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. You can find more about them at cbtseminary.org. Again, that is cbtseminary.org. And to our listeners, we just want to wish you grace and peace. For additional content, check out our blog ministry at covenantconfessions.com. Also, keep up with our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Lastly, thank you for listening to The Covenant Podcast.